Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of Bantha Milk Podcast, Robin Nick talked to Tom Amin. What a guy. Hello. Hi there. Intro music. I like that. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's got a little zip, a little extra pizzazz to it, I think. Uh, yeah. Nick, Nick emeralded it. He took it up a notch. Yeah, just just one more. Just bam! Bam! Just a little bit. We're, we're working on our uh, our other stuff. I actually have some of it written and just have forgotten since. Ever happened to you? <laughs> Happens to me. Anyway, uh, we are back once again for a very special episode. It's like a 1990 sitcom, a very special episode. <laughs> very, I feel like we're going to talk about drug abuse or something. On this very special episode. <laughs> but We not- bring in Tom Amin to talk about the the horrors of the drug cult no uh, uh we caffeine, have our bu- <laughs> caffeine caffeine pills yes oh that boy. was uh what what, oh, what oh, was that, that was uh uh saved by, the, by bell. the bell yes. i'm so excited and i'm I just, so scared i'm so, I'm so scared <laughs> anyway buddy tom yes. how are you man <laughs> what's I'm happening good. how are you guys Thanks we're doing great fabulous to have you we are uh bantha milk podcast back at you once again with a friend of the pod tom amin this is yes. his third time on the show which makes him maybe one of our most reoccurring guests he sure aside is aside from Maybe me. Aside for you, your next most yes. He's if he comes on two more times, we have to get him a five timer jacket. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'd have nice. to design that first. We'd have to design okay. it first. Yeah. Let's go. Tom's it. ready for it. He's like, all right, I'm writing two more albums just I'm for ready. that. That's right. But we we do have. I mean, Tom has been on before talking about several of his works. For those of you who have not heard him, go back and check out some of his uh, episodes. Tom is a pianist, performer, uh, arranger, co- composer. Uh, all around great dude living out in California, uh, writes some great music, and we've had him on in the past to talk about some of his uh, Disney-inspired albums. Yes. Uh, he writes piano music that uh, oftentimes has a Disney-inspired twist. He's got another album coming out here in a couple days, so uh, we're going to go and let him just kind of talk about that for a minute before we jump in more. Yeah, so if you're watching you. on YouTube right now, you can see it live two days before his album comes out, That's but right. this will this will drop the same day that your album comes out because it's also a very special day for us. But before we get into any of that, Tom, did you bring some Bantha milk with you by any chance or just water? I I only have Bantha water. Does that count? That works. Listen, man, so long as it's a liquid that you can imbibe, it works That's right. Rob and I are rocking the the walk is extra here. (laughs) It is early for you. It is is only only 1 o'clock or so over there. Yeah. Hey, I got to say, though, with with, you know, our track record uh-huh. going on at one and it being one fifteen, that's not too bad. For that's us. not too bad. No, <laughs> we're normally a one o'clock start time means one thirty. And, and we got here yesterday. Yeah. To like test all the bugs for the live stream. So yep. I think we're good. To Just go. nice. for you, Tom. Right. Just so that we look like I professionals. Feel, the I'm only person in, on earth who can make <laughs> us seem like professionals is Tom. Amin. Is Tom. I mean, that's <laughs> right. right. Nick and I are both drinking guac is extra because I had two of these left from a while back when we did it. It's from Eighth nice. and Sand, um, and he oh Nick popped oh. his open, and oh, there's mine. There we go. We have some into uh, our Mandalorian mugs. Yep, it is a lager blended with blue corn and lime. 
So it's just a normal lager with blue corn, even though it's not blue. But it had. They we did have blue a blue corn. beer. We did uh, on one of our episodes. It was yes. not terrible. It wasn't it was terrible. It was fun. It was interesting. Yes. Um, so there we Sounds go. Good. So as we imbibe in this delightful guacas extra, Tom, why don't you talk to us a little bit about the album you have coming out this week, and uh, we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, the brand new album is called "Even Villains Have a Soft Side." Sure. And I thought it'd be a cool album to do. Take all the villain music or some of the villain songs from Disney classic Disney movies, plus a couple like theme park ride songs and present them in a way that's kind of contemplative, relaxed and chill. So it kind of like you're seeing a different side of the villains this sure. time when you're listening to their songs. And so I just wanted to do an album that kind of embraced all of that. And it's a different spin, I think, on their songs. And I just thought it'd be a lot of fun to do. It, and it, it's a lot of fun to listen to, I will oh, tell yeah, you. Yes, I was just going to say, it's a lot of fun to listen to as well. As is all of your music. And I, I, I messaged Tom uh, a little bit after my daughter was born in October uh, to let him know. And this is still the truth, man, that you are just like, anytime your music's playing in my house, she is just like, all right, life is good. Let's just chill here. Um, <laughs> That's, that, that makes me happy. That's yeah, really dude. Cool. It's great. I'm like, glad. you know, I, I'm. You know, I, we're a musical household. I always try and, you know, get music going on for her. But, like, there are some things she just was not into. But there specifically, whenever – so all I do is at home, I say, hey, Google, play Tom Amin. Um, and it's always – the first one is always the same. It's your version of Winnie the Pooh. And it's such a delightful uh, freaking thing. It starts off with this really soft little – intro this kind of rubato yeah. thing and then it goes into this really lilting sort of like nice <laughs> and it's just it puts me in a good mood and her too so uh if oh, you have good. not checked out any of tom's music please do so there's already a plethora of great stuff out there but uh yeah all good stuff man uh, uh yeah keep it up please <laughs> uh, i'm even glad to hear that side. because winnie the pooh is my most streamed song on spotify okay it's my like number one song and i did that that's from an album, I think, called Magical Moments 2, mm-hmm. I believe, or something like that. And that came out, I think it was like 10 years ago is when that came out. It's Old been a while, yeah. but it, it's, a, it's a nice arrangement. It must hit a real chord with people because it's, it's like it's my most streamed piece of music. So that, that's great. Well, just I'm going to throw out some some fun facts for you because uh-huh. these be numbers fun. these numbers are like if they're not fun. I'm going to be upset. They're very fun. Okay. Yes, you <laughs> we're going to be very jealous. So <laughs> I I just went to to Spotify and I have two things saved in my Spotify. One is Tom Amin, and two is Bantha nice. Milk Podcast. So that's it. That's all I have saved, and it's mostly okay. because I want to have at least one listen to Bantha Milk Podcast. So that's why I have that saved, but. I play Tom Amin all the time in school to try and get the kids to calm down. And it's a fun game I play with them, like figure out what song this is because your music is slightly different uh-huh. than the regular one. So they, right. they have to like listen through it and then try and figure it out. And I will say uh, the only critique I have of the new album is the kids don't know half of the songs on your new album because, and it's not your uh-huh. fault, it's their fault because they only know songs from the last three movies and right. that's all they listen to <laughs> wait this uh, isn't coco yeah this <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like i know this song i'm like how come you don't know this song and they're like Ooh. but you know that's middle school kids <laughs> for you there but yes we're going to spotify the number one song like you said winnie the pooh five million uh downloads listens whatever the number is Strange. next to it that's yeah. a couple hundred yeah, thousand streams. more than ours yeah just a, just, just like a couple five hundred. million more <laughs> than ours yeah 
Five million streams, which is very impressive. I, it's I amazing. Am a, it is it's, amazing. That's so awesome. It's crazy. That's for the life of the, I think that's like all time streams, I believe. So it's over five million, but it's very humbling because when I recorded that album, I mean, I didn't think, I thought it'd be fun for people to listen to, but I, but I think I recorded that right before Spotify or right as my music hadn't been on Spotify when I did that. Okay. So it was really cool just to record those Disney songs. I loved doing it, but it just re- it's really humbling to see that people really like that arrangement yeah. or like the album, whatever, and keep listening to it. Yeah. Cause you know, your most, your, uh, the, the, the best fans listen to your music over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it do that. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's like people that come back to it over and over. And I'm really appreciative of that. Cause it means everything to an independent musician like myself. I mean, that's, that's everything. Yeah. yeah it's so almost it's really cool. It's almost like if like, you know, there were people out there who would listen to us constantly. Mm-hmm. We'd probably feel similarly towards them. Right. Um, <clears throat> right. But, they listen, know. they listen to us once and then they go, okay, I heard that episode already. I don't need to listen like, to it again. It's like our friend, Karen, who like puts it on in the background to give us some views. We appreciate that. Yeah. Karen. Thank you, thank Karen. You. Yeah. Thank you for playing you it while you're not even listening to it. It's very nice of her. Yep. Uh, Tom, I got a, uh, and Nick, I'm, I have three trivia questions. Oh, you boy. think you can handle these? I don't know. I, I've okay. not heard them yet. I yes. We're going to find out. They're, uh, the first one's pretty easy. Let's see if you can figure this one out. Um, uh, what droid is the first character to speak in the original Star Wars? The first droid to speak? Yeah, that throws it off right there. The very first the droid. The first droid. Don't was, overthink oh, it. It's yeah, go ahead, Tom. What do you I think? I didn't see 3PO. Correct. Right? You were both correct. Yeah, that was an easy one. I thought you were throwing me a trick question because I thought there was like a weird other no. type of droid yeah. on that ship. But yeah, I'm No, sure I'm, I'm finding the easiest ones on this Star Wars trivia thing here. This is These are all for Nick. Nice and easy ones. Yeah. Uh, who does Han Solo win the Millennium Falcon from in the game of cards? You got it. You Wait, know what? What is it again? Who, who does what? Han Solo win the Millennium Falcon from in a game oh. of cards? I thought, I think I know. Okay, go ahead. No, wait a minute. It wasn't Lando, was it? Sure was. It was Lando Calrissian. Yeah, it was Lando. Yes, very good. That's who he won the Millennium from. Yeah, yep. okay. Uh, and let's see. Okay. Hey, this one is the toughest one of the three. What long dead character miraculously reappeared in the movie Solo? This one. Nick should get this oh. one. What long dead character? Yes. Miraculously. Re- oh. Yeah. I, I mean, don't know. Dead, right? Dead. Yes. Because in Star Wars and what we what we discovered from doing this podcast, unless you see an explosion. And you a, have to see the body become and obliterated, a burning carcass. <laughs> then that person is still alive. It's Maul. It is Maul. Darth, Darth Maul. Maul. Oh, yes, indeed. Darth Maul. Maul got cut in half, and then suddenly he magically reappeared later on. Yeah, and if you didn't, if you um, didn't watch the Clone Wars, you were probably pretty confused by that. That's why he reappeared. That's um, right. But that's okay. <laughs> that is okay. Oh, while we have you here, Tom, I want to yes. let you know what the second important thing is that we're doing here. Today is oh. our recording of Star Wars Podcast Day. Oh, yeah. Uh, 2023, nice. for those of you who are listening five years in the future, this is our 2023 edition of Star Wars Podcast Day. This is our, what, our fourth Star Wars Podcast Day? I think our third one. Third? third or, yeah, I think third. Maybe fourth, but I think there's only been three. Okay. Uh, so, what is Star Wars Podcast Day, you ask, Tom? I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> I was <laughs> curious. I want to know. <laughs> It's the 24th anniversary of another podcast called Jedi Talk, which was the very first Star Wars podcast, which premiered way back on February 7th, 1999. Wow. Yes. So they, All right. 
so uh, so that's why we do it on this day, which this is why this is going to come out on February 7th, which is the same day that your album is coming out. Nice. Um, so that's that. So Star Wars Podcast Day, the uh, Jedi Talk is the very first ones to ever do it. There's <clears throat> over 100 podcasts participating in the Star Wars Podcast Day. And we're like uh, one of the first that come up alphabetically. Yes. So it's always nice That's, that we're like right at the top of the list. Very nice that we we didn't name ourselves Zen uh, Bantha Milk. We should have named ourselves <laughs> Bantha Milk Podcast, but with like two silent A's at the beginning. The AA Bantha yeah, Milk Podcast. Aaron. The A's. A-Bantha. Yeah, like A uh, Bantha Milk Podcast. A Bantha Milk right. Podcast. Um, it's like Solo, a Star Wars story. That's right. Yeah. So, uh <laughs> I'm, awesome, we're supposed though. to add in hashtags, so I'm just going to say hashtag, hashtag Star Wars Podcast Day 2023 or hashtag SWPD2023. Rob clearly gets how hashtags work. I know exactly how hashtags <laughs> The algorithm is going to fall all over that. I'm declaring crow. bankruptcy. <laughs> I declare hashtags. <laughs> I declare hashtags. <laughs> all right. So uh, what do you think? Should we start talking a little bit about uh, this here album? Uh, well, if, cool. if Tom, if you don't mind, can I hit you with some news first? And then Absolutely. We'll talk about Let's it. do it because some of this news, the very first one that I put it, I put in this particular order because I have two musicians with me. I wanted to know who's what the other you, one. I know Tom's here. Tom is here, and um, I don't know somebody else. And Trey's upstairs. Trey's somewhere, somewhere around. He's probably not listening. Um, Nick, you're too humble. Oh, yeah. that's right. <laughs> uh, where is Star Wars news? I'm so professional, Tom. Hey I man, it does, we can do anything we want the rest of the episode. We started. Before an hour, like after we said we would, <laughs> so we're already like aces. This is well. This is... I, can I show the audience? I brought this just for the yes. Show yes, that absolutely. Look at that. This is my uh, remember when Disney did Vinylmation? This is a Boba Fett Vinylmation. Okay, I thought it was so cool. Like I had. Yeah. It Where did you get it? I think I got it online. That's amazing. Oh, that or I got it at the, when I went to Disneyland because they used to have a big. Yeah, they had them in the store. parks. Yeah. <clears throat> right. So it was either I can't remember exactly because I have a bunch of them. That I saved, that, but I love the Boba Fett, so I wanted to bring that on for today's episode. Yeah, which is totally awesome. Well, we appreciate you bringing them along. You know, we always appreciate a good Boba Fett on this year. Well, a good Boba Fett, not necessarily a book of Boba Fett, but not book of Boba um, Fett. No. Oh, here, hold on. I think I found it finally. Uh, new social media, Star Wars news. Here we go. I finally got it. Um, yeah, we Trey had when when we went to Disney World. Trey got one of those vinyl mations, and I forget what it was. But his ears were clear because the character that it was didn't have the Mickey ears. So it was neat oh. that they made clear ears. So it still looked like the the Mickey vinylmation, but then looked like this other character instead. Um, oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, they did all kinds of fun stuff with yeah, those. It was yeah. really neat. I really liked them also. You Disney folk. I need to, I need to get down to Disney. You do. Here it is. Here it is. Star Wars News. All right. So the first thing that I I want to tell both of you is Star Wars the Mandalor- Mandalorian's third season may sound different from the first two. Uh-oh. Film Uh-oh. Music Reporter reports that Joseph Shirley, who scored the book of Boba Fett, will compose for the Mandalorian season 3. Wasn't it Ludwig Göransson? Ludwig yeah. Göransson was That's the person what I thought was yeah. Yeah. So this is what it says. In an arrangement similar to the book of Boba Fett, Louis Gornson, who scored The Mandalorian's first two seasons, will provide the show's musical themes. The report remains unconfirmed since Lucasfilm has not released official music credits for The Mandalorian's third season. So I'm confused how Ludwig will do the show's themes, but Joseph Shirley will compose the music for The Mandalorian. What does that mean? How can 
you have two different people sounds to me like doing the same thing. <laughs> well, that means that he can use the themes that was written sure. by one artist. Okay. And then use his own music for the other parts of the show. Oh, for example, okay. like Jurassic Park, like the modern Jurassic Park movies, they can use John Williams theme if they want. But then the composer can go up and do his own stuff for other scenes right. and weave those themes in when they feel it's fit. I guess. Okay. I don't Which, know, Nick, what do you, how do you explain that's, it? That's how I would imagine. I mean, you think about, I mean, John Williams definitely has like a team of, of composers working for him. You know, it's not just him. Um, and we think about some of the more recent Star Wars movies where, you know, we didn't hear, like it was, who did Solo? Was it Ludwig Gordonson? I think I think he did. Solo I think he's been well. doing a lot yeah. of the stuff that yeah. John Williams hasn't been. But, you know, John Williams is still getting mu- music credits because, you know, you can't really have a Star Wars without interweaving some of those classic themes like the force. Theme, right. Yeah. Uh, or, or, you know, even just the Star Wars theme every now and then. Um, yeah, that's what I would imagine. You know, okay. uh, it is interesting, you know. You can totally tell when it's not John Williams. You know, I yeah. remember the very first time I totally. watched, um, I guess it must have been Rogue One or, yeah, Rogue One, I think, was the one that, the first one that John Williams didn't write the music for. And my wife and I, like, the very first note that hit in the movie theater, we looked at each other and we're like, this isn't John Williams. This isn't John Williams. This is very different. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, we, you would still hear, like, the Force theme play every now and then. So, yeah, that, I feel like that would make sense. We'll probably wind up hearing, you know, those Mandalorian themes that we've come to know, but he'll probably wind up doing his own spin on it. Yeah. And the book stuff. of Boba Fett, I don't necessarily hate the music, except for the fact that they went, <laughs> Fett! <laughs> yeah, Fett! <laughs> it just kept saying Fett in, in the song. It was just, Fett! So, but yeah, um, you know, we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll hold my judgment until I hear it, but I'm sure they're not going to do it dirty. Okay. Uh, and yeah. then I have a new category that we're going to have to do every single time. It's called I Hate Rumors, but... But... And uh, this is one. One thing fans might know is that Kathleen Kennedy has ruffled a lot of feathers in the past, but one source claims that she nearly drove Favreau off the Mandalorian. Favreau. Favreau. Not only did she mess with the Book of Boba Fett, so they're saying... Kathleen Kennedy is single-handedly responsible for the Vespa scene. Really? Um, yes. If that's the case, then I'm fully on board with her getting out. Yes, I agree 100. If she, if she's the, if she said no, we have to have the scene and slow it down. It's going too fast. Then yeah, she's definitely. Did you out. watch Book of Boba Fett, Tom? I have not seen it because I have not heard good things about it. You know, and so, we try not to be super salty on it, but you know, it is definitely the lesser of, in our know. opinion, the the live action Star Wars things that okay. have come in the past. And so. there was there was a scene, the Vespa scene that we're talking about. There was a speeder bike gang of kids who had these uh, speeder bikes that were tricked out, and they basically looked like Vespas. But they went like seven miles an oh, hour, geez. and they went as fast as Vespas. Like yeah, the, they were... the scenes looked so silly. They were like high, you know, high stakes chase scenes, and they're like, yeah, like uh, I don't know if, if <laughs> either of you remember the movie The Office, but in the beginning when he's stuck in traffic and he looks over and the old lady's walking with her walker and she's getting faster than him to the place. Yeah, I'm pretty, than... yeah, I'm pretty sure the old lady in the walker was going past the Vespas. They were going Probably. so slow. So back to her. Oh man! Yeah, <laughs> not only did she mess oh, up Book geez. of Boba Fett, but she also wanted Grogu to reunite with Din Djarin before the Mandalorian season three. Kathleen got her way, leading uh, John Favreau to threaten his exit from the company if he couldn't get his vision for the Mandalorian season three finished. Kennedy immediately agreed not to interfere, and that's where the rumor ends. While this would make sense and easily explain a lot of things, the rumor itself could just be mere speculation. So. Yeah. 
they're like, yeah, rumor has it Kathleen Kennedy messed everything up, but we're not sure. So that's why it's like in the <laughs> I hate rumors but category. Um, Valentine's Day is coming up. This is a very important one. There are two, uh, this from Decider website, two very funny uh, Star Wars Valentine's Day presents that are like. One is a Valentine's Day themed dog squeaker. Uh, they're little, little plushes. One is Yoda, and he has a heart that says, love you, I do. I was like, that's very creative. Sure, That's sure. cute. I like that. Yeah, Chewbacca says, I'm lost without Chew. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and then there's nice. a Mandalorian one, and it says, or not Mandalorian, Boba Fett one, it says, I have a bounty on your heart. Oh, that's cute. So those are cute. And then also <laughs> Funko Pop. Are you a big Funko Pop fan, Tom? I have a couple of them, but I don't. I like them. I don't, I don't okay. like them. But I only have like a couple. They're from The Walking Dead. I got them. All right. Oh, that's fun. I have a I have a, a Daryl one from The Walking Dead as well. Nice. I have the Daryl on the bike one, and I have the screwdriver and the zombie eye one. Nice. And that's a good a one. one. There you go. I like it. I like all three of those. So, so they're making uh, a couple for oh, and I just closed a couple for Star Wars. They're Valentine's Day versions. They're pink, um, <coughs> and they have like little heart and little hearts in their hands. So that's uh, that's pretty oh, interesting. Okay. Um, this one is a more local news article. I got this in an email, and I want to know. I wish it was a different topic. Uh, and this is uh, the Star Wars Force Awakens in concert. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm sure at some point in time it'll be out there in L.A. as well. But uh, on June 24th with the Philadelphia Orchestra, they're going to be playing the Star Wars Force Awakens live in concert on Saturday, June 24th. The Philadelphia Orchestra will play the Oscar-winning composer John Williams' music score live as the film is projected on three giant screens. Sure. Uh, it's at the Mann Music Center, which, uh, Tom, I'm sure you've spent many time at the Mann Music Center, uh, being <laughs> all the way don't. on the other side of the country. But it has a uh, it has a giant uh, grassy area in the back that you can like bring a picnic sure. blanket and stuff sure. and whatever. I saw Empire there. Okay, so I, they've they've done that several times. I'm, I'm I don't know. Have you ever seen one of these live performances of a movie, Tom? Yes, they are amazing because of the Hollywood Bowl every year. We yeah. Have these. Okay. And it's so I'm, I can tell if you if people if you get a chance to go see one of these to hear the live score played mm-hmm. underneath while you're watching the movie, go see it. Yep. It's a it's a brilliant thing. And it's, it's awesome. you know it's it's great because you know obviously it's it's a tactic that orchestras are trying to use to lure you know more audiences out a younger sure. audience that might not you know usually go see an orchestra and you know there are a lot of people who are fans of John Williams music and like have would never go see the orchestra but they would definitely go right. watch you know Star Wars they do it a lot with uh, Harry Potter I've seen exactly. them do it with Lord of the Rings um, so there's a lot of opportunity for that I went and saw Empire at the Man uh, Theater and okay. Went, what got me, and you know, as a conductor, this is something that I looked at. I was like, "Oh, I want to try that." Um, is the technology they used? Because you saw the conductor had like an iPad, and it was very clearly like you had to follow the cues on the iPad in real sure. time in order to make it work and flying up. Um, it's just really interesting and cool to see the process. And yeah, so yeah, if you've never seen one it's, of those things, definitely go check it out. I it's saw an experience. We saw. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Robert. No, I was going to say. I saw when when my son was like three or four, we went uh, with my friend Tom, another Tom from Fan of the Show. Um, We took our kids and they did the first three, well, episodes four, five, and six, all of the music from it. 
And instead of playing the full movie behind it, Anthony Daniels was coming out. C-3PO was coming out, and he was giving a little, like, uh, brief synopsis of what is happening in between the scores. And broke all three of the first three episodes down, first three movies down, into, like, a two-hour time frame. It was really, really neat. Um, so That's I saw, so cool. yeah, I saw that. Um, I do like it. I just don't know. I wish it was a movie other than the force awakens. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think they're doing the whole thing, you know, yeah. they go through the whole one. You're just happen to catch the force awakens. I'd imagine next would be the last Jedi. Yeah. And then yeah. maybe mm-hmm. after that, you know, the, what is a rise of Skywalker? Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess it's been a couple of years since I saw the, the empire. So I, w- I wonder if the, the tour has a progression or anything, or if they just, you know, this time we're going to do this one. Yeah, I, I right, my guess right. would be, like you said, they're going through different things. It might be a licensing thing, too, whatever they can get the licensing for. I'll tell you, having to figure out licensing cool. for music this year was miserable. So oh, sure. I know That's it's not a whole... Fun. No, I, I'd it's imagine you of all people, Tom, know it's the, a the stresses of it's it. It's a pain. Um, I know. We're very fortunate here because we have usually once a year, John Williams himself conducts oh my goodness. the Hollywood Orchestra. Sure. So he's always there at the bowl, and he conducts like his famous themes and stuff. Yeah. It's really cool because he'll encore with like Star Wars or something, and everyone in the audience has the lightsabers. Oh and yeah, like holding them up. It's it's really an experience. But to see those movies, I we saw I saw Jurassic Park, uh, E. T. Oh, and we saw one of the Star Trek ones, but E. T. with the live orchestra because E. T. is one of my favorite soundtracks. Sure. Oh, it's time. beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant in Jurassic Park. Yeah, to, see, to hear those themes. So it's it's a really good experience if you can go see it, even if the movie's like not your favorite, not the best movie that you might want to see offhand the first one you want to see but it's just an experience to go witness it it's, yeah it's really cool yeah i uh in my music classes i i every now and then i'll i'll do like the john williams movie movies without music thing and like the, oh, the last know. scene of et like if you watch it with no music and then you watch it with the music it's just like incredible just seeing like like the amount that it adds yeah the, the, the music yeah. at the very end of et is some of my favorite john john williams music it, just, last it brings me to tears every time yeah. that the last 15 minute the score of the last 15 minutes yeah. and it's just the bills awesome. yep. yeah it's great. It's great yeah one. it's amazing um you want to talk about two different record breaking uh things here one uh the mandalorian season three trailer the trailer broke a huge star wars record okay um, the Mandalorian last Monday, or this is, you know, a couple days ago, Lucasfilm and Disney Plus released a trailer for the Mandalorian season three. The Hollywood Reporter has now revealed that it drew a massive 83.5 million views during its first 24 hours. Wow. Seems like a lot. Yeah. That's, am- that's um, good. The wow. previous record holder was Obi-Wan Kenobi with 58 million views. So this went to 83 million over the 58 million. And Nick and I have been talking about it uh, in the past couple of episodes. Like, the Bad Batch is going on right now, which is a cartoon, which is fun. It's good. It's good Star Wars content. Every episode, they're, like, retconning something, and they're bringing something back, and they're tying something together, and they're doing a great job. But it doesn't have the same pull that The Mandalorian does. Like, even just the trailer. Like, 83 million people wanted to watch just the trailer, which doesn't really tell you anything but it just looked amazing. Yep. So that is like they're they're huge, like they're big, big thing. Yeah, the Mandalorian, I think, is that thing that you know. There's a lot of Star Wars happening right now, but Mandalorian is the one that people are really ready for more of. And yeah. like, it's just it's one of the first 
like completely new mm-hmm. stories I think we've gotten from Star Wars in a while. You know, they're not necessarily tethered to too much aside from, you know, things that went on in the galaxy. But we, I don't know, it's new, new, new content. It was the first live action thing we were all very excited for. Yeah. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. Grogu, Baby Yoda. Yeah. Baby Yoda. Yeah, Yoda. You, and then you Yoda. throw Baby Yoda into it. It's right even up, better. Right up here. Uh-huh. Yeah. So <laughs> It's the best. Tom, the question best. for you. There's a uh, there's this movie with blue people. I don't know if you've heard of it or not, called <laughs> Avatar. Did I've you see heard, it? I've heard a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. One, one or two things. Did you see it? Did you see the I new one? I haven't seen the new I one. I have not seen it yet. Oh, I've, I think you two are the only to... two people left in the world who haven't. Look, I'm old. I cannot sit in the theater for three hours. I can't do it. Yeah. Like, oh, I man. have to go to the bathroom. I have to get up. Like, I can't sit for that long anymore, like, in the theater. So I'm definitely going to watch it, but when it comes to... Comes uh, to streaming, yeah. yeah, which is exactly. funny because James Cameron specifically is that guy who's like, no, you need to watch things in the theater, the yeah. theater experience. And I'm telling you, after COVID, I don't like the theater experience that much anymore. I'd rather just sit I in my couch. Either. I'm a, I, it's the same. You know what? It always bothered me before COVID, and even still to this day, it's people don't know how to behave in the theater. I oh when God. I go to the theater, all I see are cell phones going off, uh-huh. like the, the bright screen, and it drives me insane. And people eating behind my ears and chomping on popcorn. I can't handle. Like I'm there to see the movie. Like I want to yep. experience. I know I'm old. I feel no, old saying this, no, but no. And I and see, they don't even you, see, yeah. Keep yeah, going. if you see someone's cell phone light up, my eye goes right to the light. Yep. Uh-huh. Like it, it drives me crazy. So I, I stopped going to theaters because it was driving me nuts. And they don't even respect. And now that. They don't even respect by like dimming it. They won't even dim it. Like it, it, they turn it all the way up so they can see it. And it's like, come on, like they'll be sitting right next to you and and just checking Instagram. And I, I'm like, for two hours you can't not. Insane. Yeah, drives me insane. Well, I saw it. It drives me crazy. So that's why I stopped going. Yeah. How was it? I hear it's good. It's good. Um, the story's okay. I wasn't that big of a fan of the first one, if I'm being honest. It was I, fine. The, I liked the first one okay. because I liked it. You know, the first one was basic. And this one was also was like the same concept of, you know, the Europeans coming and taking over right. uh, America and kicking out all the all the Native Americans. Right. Like, that's the premise behind mm-hmm. it. And I get it. And, you know, we're evil, awful people. But um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but. <laughs> Like and this, like you're really rooting for the Native Americans, you're rooting for the blue people and all yeah. that stuff. And yeah. and so the first one was great. Uh, the second one, it was good. I was just like, okay, like the whole time watching it, I'm going, oh, they brought back all the same people. So for five more movies like this, it's just going to be the same. They, is that what there are? Five more movies? So there's like a lot more. Yeah. So he he when he wrote it, he his idea is to do at least I think five, maybe six more. Um, but he filmed two and three at the same time. Okay. Um, okay. So now they're, they're just editing Waiting and, and working editing. on three now, but they, they said they needed two to make over $2 billion for it to be profitable. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the way of water surpassed star Wars, the force awakens upon earning nearly $2.075 billion globally. Dear Lord. In doing wow. so, Avatar The Way of Water climbed to the number four spot on a list of all-time highest grossing grossing movies, sailing past The Force Awakens at $2.071 billion. Uh, and wow. at the international box office, Avatar 2 still ranks as number four. Domestically, the film sits at number three, though in this article it says, though Disney executives probably aren't fretting. So that, 
I looked up and found a website that says how much all of these movies have made. So, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, domestically made nine hundred and thirty-six million six hundred and sixty-two thousand two hundred and twenty-five dollars. Huh. It's a little more than the yes. podcast made last year. Yes, right? uh, just, just higher. slightly higher than that. Um, just a bit. So, Star Wars is the number one domestic movie of all time. Now I'll go to worldwide because worldwide's a little bit different. Avatar, the first Avatar, made two point nine million. Billion? Worldwide billion, two point nine billion. billion worldwide. Uh-huh. Avengers Endgame made two point seven nine nine billion all time. Titanic, also James Cameron, made two point one nine four billion. And what I find wow. interesting is that was in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. That was that was a hell of a task yeah. for nineteen ninety seven. So nineteen ninety seven made two point one billion. Avatars now four. Star Wars, The Force Awakens is five overall and that was from 2015 and i think even though people now say you know f- um what is this seven five seven eight and nine are like garbage but people waited so long for this movie to come out yeah that everybody wants to see it sure and i yeah. you know garbage is a bit hyperbolic yeah garbage but, is, but yeah depending on who you talk yeah. to some people people don't like it episode uh eight was 17th by making 1.3 billion dollars um, the one okay. that I find the best is where now I need to find it. The original Star Wars. Here it is. Is ranked 108. Wow. Oh wow. It made 775 million dollars. Not bad for 1977. But man. in 1977. That was 77. Yeah. yeah. So a the cost of a movie ticket was a nickel. Yeah. Right. <laughs> If you ask my grandma, this was a nickel. Aside from the fact that it went wildly over budget. Right. (laughs) Um, So the cost of tickets was a lot less, and there weren't as many movie theaters worldwide in 1977 as there are now. And also, like, no one had ever heard anything about it. Like, they weren't building on any hype that came before it. It was just, here's this new thing. Here's this new thing. And, I mean, it was a a huge hit, but still, at the same time, compared to, you know— now there's just so many and i mean cost of tickets are so much more a 3d movie is like 25 dollars now where yeah. star wars 1977 was probably like three bucks to Chalk get it in. up to more reasons why we don't go to the theater that's right so that's that's the end of the news i, I don't want to bore you too much there tom with all that news but that's the news hey, now now for the tom amin news the tom amino Ooh. the tom amin news <laughs> yes so we're going to do a quick commercial before we actually talk to tom about all his hard work on this amazing album um about villains and the softer side of villains so we'll go to a commercial and we'll come right back when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
You think that there really was a commercial there? There wasn't a commercial there. We there always never do this. is. We always leave space for a commercial, and every time it's just like silence, and then we're like, hey, go buy that product that no and one talks And there's no about. product there. Yep. But anyway, uh, the real reason, tis the season, the reason for the season, right? And the reason for the season is our friend Tom Amin is here uh, with his, ah, ah, that was nice. No, put that back. I hear it. Here it is. Here. Listen to this. Uh, look, Nick's baby's going to sleep right now. That's it. Me too, man. It's, uh, it's, it's. Pavlov's dog situation. It sure is. Um, So, as we listen to this in the background, I would like to just go ahead and talk to you, Tom, about just a couple things about this particular album. Obviously, you have a couple albums out. You've you've arranged an awful lot at this point. Um, So, what was your you know what was your thought going into this particular? I mean, I've been talking to you for a while now, and you had mentioned this project to me a while ago about something you were interested in and excited about. So. What made you choose the villains? What made you choose these specific songs and these specific villains? Uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Well, I've always wanted to do... Well, I've wanted to do this album for a while. I've been recording Disney music for a long time now. I think over 10 years. Sure. And I wanted to do an album that was um, honed in on the villains' stories. Because a lot of times, well we see what the villains are in the films and they play a very specific role and they're there for a reason and we love to hate them and all that kind of stuff. But what if we've turned that around a little bit and see, well, why are they so evil? What happened to them? (laughs) You know, what's their backstory and all that kind of stuff. And I thought it'd be fun just to take the songs that they sang in these Disney movies and just kind of turn them around and just make them feel more chill, more contemplative more relaxed or whatever so instead of uh scar and be prepared seeing this huge number we scale it down a little bit you know to see what would that sound like if he was contemplating what he was doing you know what i mean what would it sound (laughs) what would darth vader sound like what would it feel like to hear his theme more contemplative more chill like him thinking about am i doing the right thing you know what am i really doing anyway it was that kind of a spin that I wanted to put on these songs and come out with a whole album. And I thought even Villains Have a Soft Side was kind of a cute title for it. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was a good way to present the, the music. And that's kind of what I did. Well, it, it's cool that you, you bring up specifically, especially the, the Imperial March, obviously us being a Star Wars show, but a lot of, I feel like, you know, classic villains and especially Disney villains of ye olden times, it was very black and white. You know, this person is evil. This person is good. Mm-hmm. That person is evil. Why? Because they're evil. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. But the trend anymore, anyway, is to kind of delve deeper into why someone is like that or what made them that way. Um, and you never really think about, you know, we think about Darth Vader and we think about him being angry and we think about him, all the decisions he made, the bad decisions. But we also know that, like, Anakin Skywalker is still in the back of his head. You know, like like you know angry and upset mostly at himself right but projecting that outward so it's like cool to think about all right well what if you know in the back of the head you know we did have the imperial march contemplative of of, you know anakin like however small that voice in his head just thinking about what he did and whether man maybe i shouldn't have done that (laughs) so right exactly it's just a cool way to look at things i thought it'd be a cool way to present those those songs just in a different style and just see what people thought of it. And I had a lot of fun recording the songs. I mean, it was a lot yeah. of fun to do. I had um, a good time doing it. So I think this is my favorite one. And I, I love how all your songs start and you're, you have no clue for the first, I don't know, bars or whatever you guys say. The, 
first couple of seconds you're like hmm, what song is this before it actually gets into this right. and like this was it like the first couple of notes you're like i don't know and then you hear yo ho yo ho and it's like oh there we go it's the pirates of the caribbean ride it's like awesome so yeah this I, was the this was the first song i did okay okay that was the first one launched it was the first one i used a click track and everything so i don't use click tracks a lot because i feel like you kind of got it flow i mean they're necessary sure but a lot of times when you play piano i kind of just like to flow with it but i wanted this to be a really nice little pop fun you yeah. know reflective contemplative song on the pirates yeah theme so i love how it turned out i thought it's pretty cool yeah i love how it turned out too because i'm like you can hear it you know it's there but it's completely different like you can't really sing along to it the way you can sing along to the one um on the ride but you the know, ex- yeah. But you know exactly what is happening as it's as it's being played, you know. So it's it's a lot of fun that way. It's a fun song, and it's just a fun song. Period. Yeah, sure. We all know it. We all know it from the ride and stuff. But it's a fun song to play. It's a fun song to sing when you're in the parks. I thought it'd be a cool thing to put on the, uh-huh. the album. I thought it was fun to do. So going going through from like the kind of the top here. Obviously, we started with Poor Unfortunate Souls, right? Uh, Little Mermaid. Uh, you have Gaston mm-hmm. as your second uh, track on here, right? Um, I think Gaston yep. is a villain that a lot of people are pretty familiar with anymore, especially considering the live-action Beauty and Beast that came out not too long ago. Um, and yeah. the song Gaston is one of those like classic ones in the Disney kind of uh, rotation anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me, The Imperial March, <clears throat> which is obviously uh, always a win in our book. Now, this is not the only version of The Imperial March you've done, right? No, because I did a Star Wars album a few years back. Yeah. I did a more regular version, yeah. like a piano version. Sure. That got, I think, got heavier then. But yep. yeah, so yeah. this is the second arrangement of the one. But this arrangement of Star Wars, the Imperial March, is different because it's a waltz. It's more yeah. waltz. I put it in a different time yes. signature. So it's got a whole different feel to it. I think Rob's I think. cued it up. I'm trying there. to cue it up, yeah. Yeah, it was cool to do because I thought, let's let's try this in a different timing. Yeah, and I love this. With the, with the, yeah, with this the complete opening different theme intro. here. Like yeah, it's just that nice solo line piano. And you're like, oh, this is a pretty song. It still hasn't hit yet until right about now. And now, when you get it, now it goes right into it. Then you start to hear it. Yeah. I love the the one feel. Uh, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's just that really nice because you can do a waltz a billion different ways, you know, but like this kind of semi syncopated in one like pushing forward thing. It just makes I don't know. I like it's just a nice listen. Yeah. uh, And it's such a different feel than than what we are used to when it comes to this. Yeah, it almost. Yeah, I thought it'd be. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I thought I thought it'd be very unique and different to try it in this style and see how it turns out. Very um, melancholy there's a, sounding. There's a, yeah. Like I want to take dancing lessons and now and dance to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's it was cool. I love the theme, of course. So it was really cool to do. And there's a little bit of swelling at the end. You'll know there's some big chords there, but then I pull it back. Yeah. I didn't want it to get too crazy, you know, for right. this arrangement, but. It was fun to do. So what, like, speaking of this arrangement, like, when you go into a new arrangement like this, especially one that you've done the song already in a different way, 
what do you like? What's your process for it? Do you ha- go into it with a thought, or do you like just start playing around on the piano and see what you like? It's a little bit of both because sometimes I have a song in mind that I definitely know exactly what I want to do. Sure. Say this is what I want. Let's go figure it out. And there's other times where it's like let's. It's a blank canvas. Sure. And let's start. This started out kind of as a blank canvas. I knew I wanted to do it really s- slower, and I did start it in four four time, which is the original writing of the song. Uh, but then I was fooling around there. I'm like, you know, what? let's put it in three four time or six eight whatever. Let's see how this works. And then I started to, to fool around with how that would sound, the different kind of chords and a little bit certain spots and the, the, the pauses in the tune. I thought it sounded pretty good. Yeah. And I saw, let's go for it. But it takes a while, you know, arranging. Like, it took me about two weeks to do this arrangement because you sit down and you work on it, but then you have to kind of go away from it, take mm-hmm. a step back and just let it sit. Right. And then you come back to it the next day and say, well, I like this part. Let's work a little here and change this section. So it takes about two weeks for me to to come up with like the final arrangement sure when you do it do you are you writing down all the notes as you're playing it no okay it's just all just i recorded on pro tools and, and that's it it's sadly it's all up here okay no, <laughs> no. well no that's great. amazing yeah that's that's amazing it's not sadly I, that's that was, amazing that yeah. was my next question for you honestly is is whether or not you were one of the because they're really two different types of composer i feel like the kind that can see it all and the kind that can hear it all. And I've never been like, I'm not a composer or an arranger, but I've never been the kind of musician that can see it all. I'm always the kind that hears it. And I, I put it on the horn before I put it on the paper. Um, so I assume yeah. that you're a similar way and that like you play it, you hear it and then you, you go from it from there. So um, do you have, like, do you write these down ever? Is there like a, a paper copy of each of these arrangements somewhere? There is not, and I really wish there were because so, uh, people write into me to ask for them. Like, sure. do you have a sheet music free arrangement of Phantasmic? I get a lot of fan, I get a lot about Phantasmic and some other things, but I don't because I'm not good at writing music out. Sure, I can read it, I yeah, but I I have a heck of a time writing it. I get frustrated. I'm like, screw it. <laughs> and I know there's programs like Finale and stuff. I used to have Finale, and I used to do it, but. Unfortunately, there are no paper arrangements of these at the time. Now, I, I would love for someone to come and arrange, do them. But, you know, you have to have a, you know, people that demand that want to have that. But someone would have to come in and sound them out like at, at Alfred. Do a transcription or something. Yeah. Do transcribe because that's just it's not my forte to do sure. that. Have you have you thought about reaching out to like Alfred Music and seeing if they're interested in that sort of thing? I have. You know, they did two songs of mine, like original songs a long time ago. So okay. I have a few connections in there. But I think they need a lot of um, requests for those okay. songs for them to really take them out. I've been I could reach out to them again now that I have more followers or like more let's say more streams, streams on yeah. whatever. And say people are requesting Winnie the Pooh. Maybe can we do something? It might be worth a try to see. If hey, they... you you heard it here, folks. Write into right. Alfred Music Publishing. Tell them you demand Tom Amin <laughs> piano transcriptions available at your local um, music Disney. store. I will tell you, I would I would buy them. I would go and I would learn oh, them. We just you, we just got a piano in my house. Uh, I'd learn them for my daughter. It would take me forever. I'm not the world's best piano reader, but I'd figure it out somehow. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, nice. I feel like you know the music that you write is is approachable. Even you know, not necessarily. It doesn't have to be performed by someone who's a piano virtuoso. It's all really interesting, right. and there's complexity to it. But there's also a simplicity to it that is is endearing right. and help and catches us. I think a little bit. Um, again, well, not you. not to say that your writing is simple at all, but again, it's about the type of music oh, it is and just kind of the part of one of the things I think that is endearing about the music is that it's 
simple in its complexity. Yeah, as long it's just as long as it the, the goal for me is just that it helps it. it um, what's the word I'm looking for? It inspires people or sure. people connect with it somehow. So it can be as simple as it can be like, I don't mind that at all. It doesn't bother me as long as it, the, the emotional connection is there. That's what I'm trying to make with an audience or, or someone sure is the emotional connection in that music. Yeah. That's, and that's what's most important. To I, me. I love it. I'm not a musician. I, I uh, took trumpet lessons for two years that. poorly really? yeah, what in middle school in right. sixth right. and seventh grade. Yeah. Um, I gotta have you playing with so, the band. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, poorly, <laughs> and that was thirty years ago. So, um, like riding a bike. Yeah. Uh huh. So I know that I have to push these things down here, and I know I have to blow <laughs> into valves. The, I have to do something into the one end over here. But what any of those notes mean, I have no idea. I'm pretty sure I could hit a D sharp really well. I bet you could. I bet I could. I bet you uh, could. <laughs> so aren't uh, easy. they are not easy at all. Um, better than those E flats. Ugh, uh, give me a break. That's oh. um, that's my second best note. That's my second best note. Um, but yes, but it totally does connect, and it, and I just love listening to it. I love how all of your music—you just slow it down and you just play it, and it just sounds so just relaxing and just chill. And like Nick says, you know, he plays it for the, for the baby, and she just like loves it, and it's just so soft and 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 i'm constantly on spotify and i'm going okay where are the rest of the tom Amin albums i gotta play through all of them because i just nice. love this style of music yeah i just love your style of music i just love how you. you you can find the song in there you know what song it is but it's not the same way it's so much more creative because it's a different version of it but yet i still know the song at the same time so i just love that i love that creativity that you have and and it totally connects with me i don't care what Nick says about how simple it is or not. It's too hard for me. I'll tell you that. So, you know what, you know what the next logical step here is, is that Tom has to take really like calm and relaxing music and, and make it. And then, yeah. Just, uh -huh, just explode just it explode on explode out. Explode it up. Yeah. You know, just, Crazy. just lots like, of like stride piano uh -huh. and like, you know, fingers flying. Yeah. Just It'll go. Be, uh, even Tom Amin has a wild song. That's, <laughs> That's what the right. album title will be called. Exactly. You'll, like you're, you'll have to have like a, a mohawk. Like a, oh, man, a mohawk wig as you're as you're playing it, you're just like totally like hardcore. Um, there's a couple of songs in the second half of your album that are, come on, play. There we go. That are from older movies and yes. even like older older cartoons, like from the '90s and stuff like that. But songs that that people that like my middle school kids, like I said, they only know the last three movies. So I'm like, this sure, is from. Sure. Um, uh, what's the Hunchback of Notre Dame? And they're like, I never saw that. Um, yeah, this song I love, the Bill of Sale song from Pete's Dragon. From Pete's Dragon, because yeah. first off, I That's love definitely one a lot of the kids have not seen. No, for sure, no. I, I love Pete's Dragon. That was one of my favorite movies as a kid, because I thought it was so cool that how they incorporated a cartoon dragon into the live action yep. and i was like i want to have my own i want when pete flew away at the end or the dragon flew away at the end yeah uh elliot flew away at the elliot, end because he had yeah. to go help somebody else i was hoping he was showing up at my door uh, that's what i, I really know, right? wanted i wanted him to show up at my door so when you're when i first listened to the song i was like okay i don't recognize this so then i, I put it into google and it was from pete's dragon and i was like what so then i played the original song it's so different because the original song is so fast uh, and so yeah, fast. like, like, 
I don't I don't know what type of style it is, but it's just really really fast and really like uh, like Broadway esque fast song, and then you slow it totally down. And when you know the original one and you know this one, you're like, yes, I hear it and I feel it in there, and it feels really really cool. But mm-hmm. the original one is so like mean because they are the villains singing it about how they own Pete. They're, the villains. they're yeah. the villains. Yeah, they they have the bill of sale for Pete, and it's such a completely different song. Like listening to this, the villains you would if you were to picture them now, they would have taken showers and brushed their teeth, which in the movie they didn't do either of those <laughs> two things. Yeah, be presentable. <laughs> they they're like walking into like a, a nice establishment of listening to the song. As opposed to who they really are, which are these dirty, mean, nasty people. So I will say it is. Pr- it has been a long time since I saw Pete's Dragon. I might have been like four the last time I saw Pete's Dragon. You were probably Nick's probably younger. See, we're oh, I'm older. So when right. I was that was one of my favorite movies as a kid as well. Now it's hilarious because people either love that movie or hate it. Sure. And I totally get why people hate it. First of all, it's too long. Okay. The story, <laughs> the villain, there, the words in the songs are crazy. Like, yeah. The, I. I thought about it was either going to be Bill of Sale or the opening song of Pete's Dragon, which is The Happiest Home in These Hills. Okay. Right, and they're all or in like the, the woods. The, the Happiest Home in These Woods or something, something like yeah. that. But the words in that song, they're talking about what they want to do to Pete, like time to a railroad track, like rain uh-huh. trains, yeah. front, beat oh them to death. Like, it's, the words are insane. Like, it insane. would never go today. Yeah, never. no, not at all. It would never. But because they're presented in this silly way, yeah. Disney gets away with it. But it's, it's just one of those movies that people love or they hate i only love it because i watched it like you said as a kid yeah i wanted elliot as my own and uh-huh I, but i i always thought the music was great like i think the writers the hishhorn al hish hishhorn i can't remember alan joel i thought their the songs were fantastic even yeah. to the say like candle on the water is mm-hmm. gorgeous is that what candle on um, the water is from yep i can't even like i it's can't even believe Pete's i didn't Dragon. realize that you're right isn't it that yeah. is, I mean, yeah. that's a classic. Helen uh, Reddy sang it. Yeah, Nora. Yeah, so that was her big her big song in the movie oh. that she sings on top of the lighthouse. Right. Yeah. It Man, was a way to a showcase her, I'm sure, back then. But I thought the writing was great. So yeah. that's why I wanted to do something from Pete's Dragon. I settled on Bill of Sale because I think it's got a really pretty melody when yeah. you slow down. Yeah, when you slow it down, it sounds really, really pretty, which is why I didn't recognize it at first because I was like, what? That is interesting, the thought that you, you wound up on that because specifically the melody sounded nice slower. I never, I would have never thought really about you know, just a piece working better because this melody sounds better at a certain tempo, but that makes perfect sense, right? Like sometimes the, mm-hmm. the melody is just going to lend itself you know, to a slower sound better than another one, so... Sure, um, sure. Interesting. Um, Nick yeah. started talking about this one, but I like, it's funny, this version, your version of this song, it starts differently than the rest of them. It starts right away, and if you know the original song, you know this song right away, right from the first couple of notes, Okay, which is Gaston. Like, it starts right away, and you're like, this is Gaston. You know, like right away, you pick mm-hmm. it up immediately. Again, very simple, one note, one single piano line. Then mm-hmm. add, it, you know, certain things get added. It gets a little more complex. All very rubato, um, and Gaston being this kind of boorish, you know, like over the top, you know, swaggery sort of dude. It is just really interesting to think about this guy ever being reflective or <laughs> contemplative. You know. Right. Yeah, and like in this version of it, he's he's like you said, he's thinking of of his actions. I can see like a single like spotlight being put uh-huh. on him on a yep. stage. Right, he's just exactly. Like, 
<sighs> what have I been doing? Yeah, what have I what am I doing with my life? Why am I so mean to everybody? It like totally changes exactly. it. This at the end of this song, he would come out and, and start giving everybody flowers and candy and stuff like that and it would be like uh uh the uh, with the ghost of Christmas past, present and future, he would be like listening oh, yeah. to this uh, and then he'd come out and he'd be like everybody gets Christmas presents instead of being the mean guy that he is. See that. Everybody, <laughs> you get a you get a, yeah, you get a Christmas present. <laughs> and then here you build up more. Yeah, it's a great, there's... it's a great song. Yeah, it's a great song. And again, it's one of those ones that even I would think yeah. even younger kids know Gaston. I guess whether it's because Cinderella is still one of those movies that parents show their kids, or else because of live action when that came out recently. Yeah, uh, people are still pretty hip to to that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so what is Hellfire? Yeah. I don't yeah. know Hellfire. Oh, you know Hellfire. That is from That's from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah. That is the big song that what's his name what's what's his name again? I just lost his Quasimodo? name. The villain. Oh no, uh uh my wife is big the, on the priest. Hunchback I, can't, of Notre Dame. I can't remember yeah. his name though. It just it just escaped me. But it's the big song he sings. Which is actually it's a very adult song. It's yes. about his Monsignor Cloud Frollo. Claude de Frollo, is that him? Frollo, yeah. Frollo, yeah. It's about his desire to be with her, and if he can't have her, he wants her dead. That's the song. Which is pretty dark. <laughs> it's, it's a little dark, I mean, yeah. It's a very adult piece, but it's a gore. But I, I, I've said this before. I think Hunchback is some of Alan Menken's best work ever. Ever. The themes are gorgeous. The arrangements are beautiful. Like, it's great music. Yeah. So. I'm pretty sure the Supreme Resort guys, who are also on the Ears Up Network, they love this movie because of, like you said, the music in it is amazing. Um, Eric, who's also on Taco Ears Up Resort. and Taco Supreme, he's on like every single podcast except mm-hmm. for ours. Um, he loves all the music from this from this musical from the show. He's, he thinks it's the music a beautiful is amazing, music, but yeah. it's very adult. It didn't yeah. do well because it's very adult. Yeah, it's a very adult film. It was also like a pretty. From what I remember, it was a new time for Disney animation at that point. Cause they were kind of incorporating some computer animated stuff in with right. their traditional yeah. artwork style from the, the Disney Renaissance era. Um, but I, I, it wasn't one of those movies I watched a lot as a kid, I, but my wife watched it all the time and she like mm. loves it, loves the music, loves the characters. But I mean, if you, <laughs> if you think like Disney, actually made that story a lot more kid-friendly than the original Hunchback of Notre Dame story oh, is. Yeah. And even yeah, still, it's course. got some pretty some pretty meaty and substantial adult themes in it uh, with being dumbed down. Because if you look at the original Hunchback of Notre Dame, man, it is dark. Yeah. It is a mm-hmm. dark story. Um, mm-hmm. And then we've got this one right here, which again... Yeah. Cruella. This is a, a classic. Dalmatians. Right? And another one that, like, Cruella is kind of in the zeitgeist now still because there was that new Cruella movie that came out. Um, Now, Cruella might be my least favorite uh, Disney villain because I'm a dog fan. Uh, as I, I know, know you too. are, Tom. Right? <laughs> yeah. I see see that puppy picture in the back and Tom, uh, Rob is as well. We're all animal people. Um, but, I mean, it's it. this is a iconic Disney song, you know. It's classic. When yeah. did 101 classic. Dalmatians come out? The original one was in like the 80s, and then they they had a remake of it. But uh, no, the original that was the 50s. Way, yeah. Oh, 50s. Time, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 50s, right? Yeah, very 50s long time 60s. ago. Yeah, it's, definitely yeah, for it was, the 80s. It was a while ago. Um, I was watching after listening to this because I knew the song, 
I'm listening to it, and then I went to to YouTube and I I googled you know Cruella Deville song, and mm. it was in the scene in the cartoon version where the dad it comes he comes walking down the steps and he's humming the music to himself, and then Cruella Deville shows up at the house, and he's like and he starts putting the words to the song Cruella Deville Cruella Deville. And it was really funny. I'm listening to that and then listening to yours at the same time, like a mashup. And it's really funny hearing the lyrics thrown on top of your music. Huh. It really it really adds an extra layer to it, which makes it even more fun. Because you're like, yes, I'm not the only one singing along to this. Like, the, this is the way <laughs> it sounds in this show as well. So it's, This yeah. might be the song on this track that or on this album that sounds the most like the original. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. in that like, it's still contemplative. It's still slow, but like the tonality is still majorish for yeah. the most part. And it's right. still, you know, it. May, you know, maybe this is me reading too far into the compositional style, and and but like it almost seems to me like the villain is like contemplative, and they're like, all right, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, think, okay. I'm, I'm thinking good. about the things I'm doing, and I'm all right with. I'm it. okay I'm with this. I'm okay with myself. <laughs> This is who I, I am. Love I me or I'm hate about. me. This is who I am. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's still got a lot of that bluesy style that, yeah. you know, it's known for. It's got, you know, some of yeah. those uh, uh, those minor thirds and, and stuff like that. And it just, it moves a little faster than some of the other ones as well. Was there, yeah. was did you go into that specifically that with that? Y- yes, because I wanted to kind of keep, this one would be really hard. It's not that it's impossible, but it'd be really hard to take out all those accidentals mm-hmm. and the sharps. Because that's that's just this song. Sure. Bum, bum, it's got that natural hippie feel. To sure. You know, bum, bum, jazzy thing. So I did want to keep that in there. Sure. And just slow it down and make it a little bit more poppy on the piano part. But that was it. Yeah. That's all I wanted I to do. I think that's all it needed, one. really. And you're right. I, I don't know how else you would make a song like this happen without, you know, those those alterations and the blue notes and stuff like that yeah. um but yeah, yeah. that's that's again it's, it, it's if it ain't broke don't fix it song. just change it you know yeah it sounds like like i said when when in the cartoon when he comes walking down the steps and he's humming it it sounds like that version of it rather than a full-on musical version Got of it. it it sounds like if you were to just play the humming notes this is what you get and it's and it's really really cool um this was difficult this this next song was uh was fun for me and i'm like okay i know it but i feel like this is the most different from the original to me personally um this is from the haunted mansion nick when you're when you're riding through the haunted mansion this is the music in it this i definitely did not know this one because i've only ever been to disney twice or so so yeah um but when you're going through it the music on the ride is definitely a lot faster um, than this, so you can hear the yes. notes in oh, it. Oh yeah! But this one is this is the song that sounds the most different to me than the original version of it, which isn't a bad thing or a good thing. It's just the most different version okay. to me. Sure. Uh, but like in this part here, you That's definitely. That's a good thing. I, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say in this part here. Again, like, I put it into a waltz. <laughs> I changed uh-huh. the time. Put it into a three-four time, and then in the middle song, I put it into a major key. Because the song's in a minor key. Okay. But then I switched it up a bit to make it different. Yeah. I could just... And that's what it gives its little lift there. Yeah, it's definitely... It's it's very fun and very calming. Yeah. And then here you, you, you can feel like... I can feel I'm going through the ride right now. And I'm passing, like, the graveyard or something like that. Like, I can feel good. it in the music. Good, um, good. 
Because I wanted to keep that. I wanted to keep that in there. Yeah. It's like the motion that, that this song creates. It just feels like it's always pushing forward. Um, that little section that you just had there, just those shifting chords, just this really cool uh, harmonic syncopation, if that makes sense. And it, I don't know, it just mm-hmm. really nice. I don't know. Thank as, you. Yeah. As a, as a musician, I feel like I should have more more elevated things to say than just it's really nice. But it's just so air. it's so nice. It's man. No, it's all good. That's perfect for me. Yeah. Can I don't know, Tom. I don't know if you're gonna be able to hear the the voice now. That is the time. When you ghosts that? I can hear that. You can hear that? Okay, Practicing yeah. Practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. So that's the YouTube version. So that's the that's the version on the uh, ride from YouTube. But that's that's the uh, I forget who the actor is who's doing the voiceover on top of it. But like with that with your version, it's like so much mm-hmm. fun. Like I'm like. I'm on the ride, but I'm not on the ride. But I am on the ride, but I'm not on the ride. Like so, it was really, really cool. So, I just, I just, I like when oh, you cool. do. I like when you do rides because, like movies, it it has a different feel when you're at the movie because I don't, you can see the movie over and over and over again, right? If you if you have it on Disney Plus or back in my day, you had it on VHS or DVD or whatever, you can keep watching it. But I was Laser not and. Yeah, laser disc. Nick Nick was a big laser disc. Laser disc. Yeah, <laughs> um, all four of them that were manufactured. That's right. But uh, we're not fortunate enough to live close enough to any of the parks that we can go to the parks on a regular basis, right. or wealthy enough that we can go to yeah. the parks on a regular right. basis. That's the key factor nowadays. Yes, yeah, nowadays sure uh, the what the cost of ticket prices these days. But uh, so when you play a song, like it really takes me back to when I was twelve and I was on the ride. And I'm like, yes, I remember like the Haunted Mansion the first time I went on the Haunted Mansion or the or Yoho Yoho, you know, the Pirates of the Caribbean is my favorite ride and, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, right. so it really gives a different feeling. It gives you gives you all different feels on the all inside, the all the feels. When you're when you do a ride music all the all the fields. It also is like almost a little wink at the Disney fans, you know, like yeah. the people who like go to the the parks, like those people like me who don't really like everyone knows Yoho Yoho kind of really because it's it's bigger than the ride now, but like for for like the haunted mansion, there are people who live breathe Disney, you know, yeah. and like those people mm-hmm. when they hear these right. things, they're gonna remember, they're gonna know exactly what this is from, and it's gonna pull them in even more. Yeah. Um. So as much as like your casual listener is going to enjoy it, those like Disney fans who are like. You're going to get, I would imagine, Tom, people who find your music specifically because they're Disney fans, you know, and they're looking for more Disney music and more different types of Disney music. Right. And it almost seems like a like a like a right. reach out to them like, hey, thanks for listening to my music. Here's a little something for you. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that being said, you know, and I love that stuff, too. I mean, I that's that's what started this whole uh, recording Disney stuff was the theme park music. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I did a bunch of albums of only the theme park rides. Mm-hmm. That's what started this whole thing. Cause I'm a huge fan of the theme park ride music. Yeah. And so that's what started all of this. And it's fun. The theme so park. I love to do it. The theme I, park. I yeah. The, the music for the theme parks is amazing because you're in one section at a time for, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever. But as you move, like like uh, I was gonna say, small mm-hmm. wonder. That was a whole different TV show. Small uh, it's world. A small world. It's a small world. 
when you go, it's a small world. (laughs) When you go from, you know, area to area, the music just keeps going because it's on this like constant loop. And they had to come up with an idea where they could have a loop that isn't too uh, redundant, although it is very redundant, but not too redundant Uh where you're really hating it. Although some people do, but everybody hates everything. So whatever. Um, but like, as you go from scene to scene, it just, it just flows right into the next scene and it flows the same song changes, goes right into the next scene. And it's, it's very creative how they were able to do that and how they were able to keep it going for a four minute ride and, and whatever. And then to have your different take on it makes it even more exciting and more fun, which I love. Um, the last song on your album is this one, mother knows best. Mother knows best. And this is, this is. I just love how it just starts nice and easy, nice and calm. Now this is one some kids might know. I guess this is what Rapunzel. Yeah, this is from Tangled. Yeah, Tangled. Tangled. That's right. So this is a fairly recent one. This is probably one of the more uh, and it's a recent ones on the album. It's a popular one for it being one of the last ones that was not computer animated. It's a very popular movie. Tangled was computer computer animated. Was it? Yeah. Or then maybe it was that the one first was one. Animated. Maybe it's yeah. one of the first ones that but, were computer animated. Sure. Oh yeah, I loved Tangled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a wonderful movie. Uh, I loved the music, and I wanted to end it with this. I was going to do this as a whole song. Okay. Like three and a half minute song, but I couldn't figure it out because half, most of the book, the song she's talking, yeah, it's voice. It's not singing. Right. And I was like. Ugh. I don't know what to do. I could pull the melody, but you know, and I was like, I, I wasn't going to put it on there. I was like, we'll leave it for another album. But I thought, why don't we just do the main theme that she sings and put it like as a very ending, like a minute and a half long little ending to the album. Yeah. And well, so I thought it works kind of good. It does work kind of yeah. good. It's a great conclusion to the album. It well, really I think it wraps it up when you're talking about a, uh, that's what I want. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. So I, when, when you're talking about a, a oh, I think an that's album, why, that's like, kind of like, I'm just gonna let you go. We're, we have a weird thing. Go ahead. I'll I'll go after you. No, go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. So so when we're talking about a an album about villains, right, and the softer side of villains, um, you know, and and the, the last one we're talking about is a villain who happens to be a mother, right, and and it's like. You know, we're talking about being contemplative about why you're villainous, right? It makes sense to end on something like this, where it's like, of course, this villain in this show would be contemplative because they really think what they're doing is like for the best for the kid, and they they like probably think that they're right mm-hmm. and they're doing what is right, and they don't see themselves as a villain. Um, so I think like not only is it just the perfect way, right. but it's 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 something that people can probably relate to because you know. When you're a parent, you probably feel like you're the evil one every now and then, and you're you're kind of have to, you know, contemplate. <laughs> all right, it, should I have done this? How should I have approached it? Right, because in in her mind, she's doing what's best for Rapunzel. She thinks right. she's doing what's best for Rapunzel. Now, as a parent, you're always thinking you're doing what's best for your kid, and then sometimes you're way overprotective, and sometimes you're just flat out evil because what you're doing what's best for your kid to actually keep you youthful at the same time which yeah, is that's what, not the greatest thing no that's not the greatest thing no. no um so yeah so it's a great way to end a villain's album yeah. so um nowadays there's very few people who have real albums or buy cds or anything like that 
your albums are not on any I can't buy uh, the CD of it on Amazon or anything like that right or I can there's right there for these there's no physical copies you okay. can buy mp3s if you want okay like from itunes and amazon but most people stream everything sure. now so it's on all the streaming platforms and stuff but it does it costs a lot of money to make cds oh yeah and yeah. not enough people buy them anymore sure. so that's why i haven't done that have no. you had so, any of your music put on like pressed on an album or anything say it again nick no i'm like vinyl oh. yeah no, no. I mean, I've had CDs in the past, sure. you know, but nothing vinyl. No, vinyls making a, the reason I ask is vinyl making a comeback, and I don't even know. Like, if I wrote music, I don't know. I mean, if maybe I would want to do like, all right, I'm just going to print one vinyl album just to have. That's my vinyl. I don't know. I didn't That'd know if that cool. was a thing, but that's probably cost prohibitive as well. Um, but, I know uh, a Trey, my son. Yeah, just, I don't know how. Yeah. For for Christmas, he wanted a record player, and yeah. it it cracks me up because. Uh, He's the, you know, the young generation, they, uh, they all, their attention span is like 20 seconds at a time. You know, they listen to a song for 20 seconds and then they're on to the next one. So when he wanted a record player, I was like, do you understand like what listening to records is all about? Like you put it on and you just sit there and you just listen to the whole record. You don't keep skipping around and stuff. So we went to, he got one for Christmas and then we went to a couple of, uh, old record stores and, and thrift stores and stuff like that to, to find some old uh, records and albums that he could get because he wanted he wants to start getting a, a vinyl collection. Oh, boy. Uh, which it just makes me laugh because, like, he has, you know, unlimited songs in his phone and the fact that he listens to a song for 10 seconds. When, yeah. when I'm playing my podcast or, or Ears Up or something like that in the car – if it's something that he's bored with or that they're talking about, he's like skipping through. And I'm like, no, that's not, you just have to sit and listen to things. He's like, no, he's like, they're not, they're not talking about anything good. I'm going to wait till they get to the actual topic. And I'm like, no, you just sit and listen to the podcast. That's the point of the podcast is sit and listen to the whole thing. So it it cracks me up. So it would be neat to have your own vinyl. That would be pretty cool to have. I'm sure who knows how many thousands of dollars it would cost. I I have a book. I don't know how much that would cause. I mean, I have a ton of vinyl records in my my parents' basement, my dad's basement, that I'm going to convert one day. So I'm going to get a record player and convert it with Pro Tools. You know what I mean? Sure, so, yeah. I have the I have old Star Wars albums, like where the like for kids, where they're narrated, <sighs> really, and stuff, like just tons of stuff. But it's amazing how vinyl is making a comeback because even my 18 year old nephew for Christmas got a record player and he's collecting vinyl records now. Yeah. Like they're 18. Yeah, what's yeah. old is amazing. Million. It is amazing. So I yeah. think uh, I think his number one album that he should have should be a Tom Amin album. I think so. <laughs> I think so too. I like that. I that I'm gonna have to look into this. So we got to talk to Alfred Music about getting some transcriptions out there. Yeah. We got to talk to someone about getting some vinyls pressed. There uh, you go. At, at least one eight track. I want a Tom Amin oh, eight track. Exactly. Yes. Right. You can't well, wrong with those. So what you can do is uh, I can uh, the one record store that we went to. They had a couple of old eight tracks in the record store. I think they were trying to sell them for like $5 a piece. I'm going to buy one and then just put a sticker on it that says Tom Amin uh, because nobody has an (laughs) 8-track player anymore, so they'll never know that it's not actually Tom Amin music on the 8-track. But then you'll have your own 8-track. of your Tom Amin 8-track. Yeah, Tom Amin 8-track. So there we go. So that's the 70s all over again. All over again. That's right. All right, man. Well, uh, so really quickly here, uh, before we let you go, 
Um, first of all, thanks for being here as always. Uh, yes. Where can we? Uh, obviously, there's Anytime. loads of places we can we can see your, and listen to your music. Tell tell us a little about uh, exactly when it's dropping, where we can listen to it, uh, your your contact and social media stuff. Hit us with them. Sure. It drops on February 7th, which is Tuesday, a Tuesday, and it's going to be available on all the streaming platforms. So Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, all that stuff. Um, and you can if you want to go to my website, it's TomAminMusic.com. There'll be a link right on the front page, which will put bring you to a landing page where you can just click wherever you want to listen to. You can buy the MP3s if you want on iTunes. I mean, it's, it'll be everywhere. So enjoy it wherever you enjoy your streaming. Sure. And I'm, I'm on social media. Just if you just search Tom Amin, I'll come up. There you go. Yep. On Facebook. Yeah. I know he's on Facebook. I know he's, you're on Instagram too, right? Instagram. Twitter. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I Twitter. I'm on Twitter. You, have you bought any of your check like boxes yet? You got to buy your, your different colored checks checks on Twitter now, yeah. right? <laughs> no, I'm not. You're not no. a Twitter blue Let's, subscriber. A whole other story for a whole other day. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. No. Um, all right, man. No. Well, uh, I got to <laughs> tell you, this album is awesome, just like all of your albums are. Uh, again, they, it is not solely for my Thank daughter you. that I play them, obviously. Uh, I do get a lot of uh, enjoyment out of listening to all your new music. So uh, if you are listening to our podcast now, you should stop and go listen to Tom Amin's music. It's on Spotify. Uh, if you tell your Google to play Tom Amin, it will just start playing. A playlist of great music by Tom Amin. I'm sure Alexa does the same thing. Probably start with Winnie the Pooh. Probably. Probably, which again is one of the greats, right? One of the greats. That's right. Probably will. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's it's been a pleasure to listen to. Uh, Check out uh, Even Villains Have a Soft Side out on all streaming services on February 7th. Tuesday, February 7th. Um, And tell your friends. Share it on on Instagram. Share it on Facebook. Share it on social media. Uh, tag us in it, tag Tom in it, and get get the word out there. Because I got to tell you, I know the algorithm for how Spotify pays its artists, and uh, huh, we we need to get we need to get some plays going so we can get more Tom Amin music ASAP. Yeah, and and as always, listen, man. Uh, I know you, wanna, you think you want to send me some tracks. I will be happy to record some flute or saxophone or anything on top of it. I'm happy to uh, let's let's make I... some music happen sometime soon. I'm happy to collaborate. Well, I'm telling you, the next I already have thoughts for a new oh, album, but oh, I want to go in a oh. different direction next time. I want to add instruments. So there we go. You and I will have to talk. Uh, listen, man, any time of day we'll sounds good to me. Man, I friend. can play a mean cowbell. So, I've heard um, you can play a mean E, sh- e flat. On e Robin. flat. We'll, yes. We'll get you in there somewhere. We'll get you in. That's yeah, it. get me. In, I'll even if I'm just a, a kazoo. tambourine. We'll I can get do you a kazoo. A kazoo. I can do a kazoo or a tambourine or. <laughs> we'll just, Cowbell or tambourines just... are for girlfriends. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's, then, that's what the tambourine is that's for. That's what the tambourine for is for. Okay, I was just thinking of what the easiest instrument is to play. <laughs> triangle. We'll get you a triangle. Triangle. Yes. Yes. We'll uh, give you a little triangle. Yes. That's right. Triangle. Love that. Ding. Just at the very end of the song, Rob that's Solo. Right. Just point to me when <laughs> I just hit that one time, and <laughs> oh man. And then I want all the credit in the world. A triangle. You'll player. be in. Yeah, professional <laughs> triangle player. We get you in the union and everything. Uh, man, uh, bef- uh, Tom, oh, go ahead. Wait, we did go. have one question. Ryan Best said, do you think you would ever uh, computer a Star Wars Christmas album? Ooh, consider a Star Wars Christmas album. Ooh. <laughs> Tom is like, how do now, I answer there is this? How Star Wars Christmas album? So what you, what you need to do, but yeah. they had the Star Wars Christmas special from, well, I think it was like 1978 or something like that. 
and they had like four or five really bad yeah. songs on there. So you have to redo those songs because if you want to lose all of your listeners, just do those songs only, and nobody will listen to the album know, whatsoever. I, th- I, think, I think it would cause a renewed interest in the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> if Tom Amin actually did some justice to the music. Probably would. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you would definitely take it up a notch from where know, it was. That's, that's good, I like this idea. There you yeah, go. We just planted a little seed Thanks in Tom. Ryan, I like this idea. Yes. Oh, yeah, boy. Exactly. All right. I like so. It. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time here, Tom. We always appreciate having you on. Uh, again, I will say, check him out. Tom Amin's music on Spotify, on Apple uh, Apple Music, Google Music, wherever you stream your music. On Napster? YouTube. Napster? Napster still a thing? Yeah, Napster, LimeWire. LimeWire. Uh, <laughs> Napster thing? Oh, boy. Uh, don't do it on Napster. Do not, do not pirate Tom Amin's music. No. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life is not for us. Is No, no, don't pirate it off of Napster. Uh, but go ahead and check it out wherever you stream your music. Tom Amin, thank you so so much for being here yet again yes um that think that's all we have for today i think that's uh, it i don't think i think we took up enough of tom's time yeah. he did an excellent job i hope uh thank you for I, having me guys oh yeah. absolutely and uh you know anytime bud you're, check you're us always out welcome back on our here show. uh check all our our uh Social media out, Bantha Milk Podcast at gmail.com. You can check us out on Instagram at Bantha Milk Podcast, on Facebook at Bantha Milk Podcast. You can check out our Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash Sacred Jedi Text. Check out all of our friends at Ears Up in the Ears Up Network. That's Ears with a Z. Um, and uh, from all of us here at uh, Bantha Milk Podcast headquarters, including, including Tom, Tom Amin, way over on the West Coast. That's right. We have spoken. We have spoken. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you.